Chapter 15 Hey, have a sandwich! It's salami! Look over there! Is that a jujube? Pizza! Pizza! Part of the crust, and it's one of those stuffed crusts! Fortunately, one thing we always have plenty of in the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, also known as my barn, is seagulls. We acquired the seagull DNA. Then the four of us, with Tobias watching from the high rafters, morphed into the new bodies. I've been a bird before. An osprey, to be exact, one of the types of hawk. But gulls are different in some ways. For one thing, they are scavengers, not predators. So, as we took wing and flew in a rush of white from the open hayloft, I noticed different things, felt different things. My seagull mind was not searching for mice or scurrying animals. It was much more open-minded. My seagull intelligence looked for anything, anything, that could even possibly be food. Fortunately, the gull brains were close enough to the other bird brains we'd all experienced that it was fairly easy to control them. We didn't waste a lot of time getting started. Although, once we did get started, everyone was constantly pointing out food. Hey, look! French fries on the ground! Whoa, that's a Three Musketeers bar by that car! Oh, oh, look at that dumpster behind that McDonald's! Sometimes, you just have to accept the animal's basic mindset and go with it. There's the beach, Jake said as we flapped and soared and flapped some more. It's easier being an osprey in some ways, much less flapping. Once we were out over the water, we could at least stop scanning for food. Mostly. Hey, is that a bag of potato chips floating down there? We flew low, just a few dozen feet above the water. Not like hawks, who can ride the thermals up to the bellies of the clouds. But Tobias wasn't much higher than we were now. There are no thermals over water, and he was having to flap a lot to stay aloft. We flew on, skimming the choppy surface of the water. Hey, look, Rachel said. Over to the left. Sleek gray shapes sliced through the water, up, down, up, down, breaking the silvery barrier between sky and sea. It was a school of dolphins. You know, sometimes this is just so wonderful. Rachel said. I mean, we're flying. We're flying. And later, we'll be like them, at home in the water. Yeah, just us and the sharks, Marco said darkly. Still, it is cool, Rachel said. There's a ship up ahead, Jake announced. You just now noticed it? Tobias laughed. Wow, seagull eyes aren't exactly great, are they? It's a container ship called Numar. It's from Monrovia. Do you want to know what color the captain's hair is? Show off, Jake grumbled. Hawkeyes are totally amazing. As long as it's sunny out, Tobias can read a book from like three blocks away. It was hard, flying to catch up to the ship. It was moving fairly fast, and by the time we were close, I was exhausted. The ship was gigantic, painted a rusty blue, with a deck longer than a football field. The superstructure was all crammed toward the back. That's where the crew would be, so we flew forward, hoping to find someplace private. The deck was stacked with containers, big steel boxes like trailers. Row after row of them lined the deck, and we could see hundreds more down in the hold. We settled in the narrow space between two rows of containers, far forward. It was like having walls all around us. Corrugated metal walls that went high over our heads. Tobias, how much time? Jake asked. Tobias twisted his head down to see the tiny watch strapped to his talon. It's been about an hour and a half. We decided to resume our human shapes. 
The space between the rows of containers was even narrower when we were fully human again. Burr, it's chilly out here, I said. The steel deck was cold beneath my bare feet, and even though the sun was high in the sky, we were in shadow. Man, I swear, this is the worst thing about morphing, Marco said. Can someone please figure out how to morph shoes and maybe a sweater? Come on, Cassie, you're the morphing genius. I'm sick of these morphing outfits. But you look so cute in spandex, Rachel teased him. Plus, they aren't exactly fashionable. All I'm saying is, uniforms. Something cool-looking. And warm. Warm would be nice. When winter comes, we are going to be some sad little anamorphs. I have a more important question, Rachel said. How do we know when we're there? You know, our destination? Jake made a who-knows face. I figure the ship is going, like, what, 20 miles per hour? Figure an hour and that puts us 20 miles out, right? Rachel pointed a finger at her forehead and said, Jake's a total mathematical genius. One hour at 20 miles per hour. Right away, he figures out that's 20 miles. Jake laughed. (laughs) That's about all the math I can do. Actually, we're moving about 18 miles per hour, Tobias said. We all just stared at him. I fly along the road sometimes and watch the car speedometers, so I have a pretty good idea how fast I'm flying. When we were flying alongside the ship, I clocked it. Okay, 18 miles an hour, more or less, straight south, Marco considered. That would put us within a couple miles of where Cassie thinks we should go. I winced. Every time anyone said something about me deciding where to go or what to do, it made me nervous. I'd better head back, Tobias said regretfully. I don't want to try and fly 18 miles back without a rest. And if I stay on the ship, I'll end up in Singapore. Singapore? Rachel asked. Yeah, I read the captain's log as we were flying alongside. That's where they're heading. Tobias flew off, leaving us the little watch. It was extremely dull waiting for an hour, with nothing to do but try and guess what was in the big containers all around us. On the other hand, we knew what we had to do next would definitely not be boring. So basically, we were happy to just be bored for a while, huddling together to stay warm in the whipping ocean breeze. After a long time, Jake checked the watch. It's been an hour. Cassie, what do you think? I don't know, I admitted. I I guess I was hoping that when I was back in Dolphin Morph, I would be able to make sense of more of the details the whale communicated to me. It was mostly images, and some of the images were about sounds and currents and water temperatures, and stuff you can't see from the surface. Jake thought for a moment. Well, well, now was as good as any time, I guess. Let's head for the side. We stood up, uncramping our cold, stiff legs and arms. We moved along the row of containers toward the left side of the ship, the port side, as they say. We reached the side. There was a solid steel railing that ran all around, about waist high. Jake checked to see if we would be in view of the bridge, and we headed forward a little more, to a blind spot where no one should see us. The four of us leaned over the rail and looked down at the water. It looked like it was a million miles below. Marco whistled. Man, that is some high dive. No big deal for a seagull or a dolphin, but a mighty long way for a human, I agreed. We can't morph up here. We'd never get our dolphin bodies over the side, Rachel pointed out. Nope, Jake agreed. We have to jump in with our human bodies. All except Marco. He can't swim. I thought he could morph up here, and then we could all shove him over the side. Rachel looked skeptical. Jake, when Marco is in dolphin morph, he'll weigh like 400 pounds. Jake looked worried. I kind of didn't think about this when I was planning. 
I had a sinking feeling. The plan was falling apart before it had even begun. I'll lean against the railing, Marco suggested. I'll start morphing. Then, before I lose my legs, you guys help shove me over. I'll finish morphing within a few seconds of hitting the water. Unless the water knocks you out and you just sink, I said flatly. Forget it. Let's just morph back to seagulls and fly back home. This is insane. Insane? Marco echoed. Hey, that's my word. Look, we came this far. I don't care, I yelled, surprised at my own passion. I'm not going to be responsible for anyone dying. This isn't going to work. I don't know where I am. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what to do. Marco laughed. <laughs> Excellent pep talk, Cassie. Now I'm really looking forward to this. I was going to yell at him, something like, Look, Marco, this is not a joke. But when I looked at him, I saw that his face was bulging way out, forming a long, grinning beak. He had already started to morph. I'm not going to, he started to say, but his mouth no longer worked. He was growing larger, straining his weak human legs with his weight. His arms were flattening into flippers. Now, Jake said. He grabbed Marco's slipper arm. Rachel and I jumped forward and seized his legs just as they began to shrivel. Heave! Jake yelled. Marco, half human, half dolphin, tumbled backward over the railing and fell into the sea. Let's go, Jake said. Yeehaw! Rachel said with a wild grin. She jumped up on the railing, balanced for a moment like the gymnast she was, then launched herself off in a neat swan dive. Jake and I exchanged a glance. Rachel, he said, and rolled his eyes. She's your cousin, I pointed out. On the count of three. One, two. Ah! I climbed over the railing and launched myself as far from the steel wall of the ship as I could.